Motherhood is just like the seasons. It is constantly growing and moving and changing. And as soon as we think we have one phase figured out, here comes the switch up again. When we're going in and out of all of the excitement and the joy and the grief and the pain and the uncomfortableness and the stickiness that motherhood can bring, sometimes we get a little bit stuck and that can have a definite impact on our mental health. We don't want to just survive it though. We want to be better through it. So here on Seasonal Motherhood, we are going to talk about a new topic each week that relates to you, your phase of motherhood, and your mental health no matter where you are. Grab your cup of coffee. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Seasonal Motherhood. Hi, Jenna. Hello. What have you brought to our, our wonderful lunchtime meeting today? I have brought a breakfast tea in the park. <laughs> in my closet. <laughs> I don't know where AJ just texted me and said he was leaving, but I don't know where he's going because I have to leave. He, he said he's not going to tell me. Okay. That's good. It's fine. Everything is going well today. I am just now getting to my coffee because my first cup of coffee got what I can only assume was a racer dust in it from Ooh. math last morning. So we just gave up on that one. That, that's how it's going. So, guys, we tried to record last night, and Jenna's phone died, and, like, it died, died. Like, extra died. Mm-hmm. It was a little special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he... And then I fell asleep. And it's so just that. This is how it goes. This is how it goes sometimes. But, in general, what's what's your mom win of the week been? Or oh, have you had a beef? You know, Gourley got sick. <laughs> Yes. What, what is what is new? Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. I had never had a child throw up so, in the car. Oh yeah, that is a new level of mom. I was never. I don't know. I don't know why it's taken this long. Seven it's years. Yeah. But to my knowledge, unless I've completely blocked it out, I've never had that happen. And. I just want to say I had I there was no preparedness for this. And Chick-fil-A bags do not work. Chick-fil-A bags do not work. Bless your heart. That's it's okay. okay. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. It doesn't. It doesn't. I do have a sweet one though. I do have a yes. sweet one where Gray came to me and was like, Mommy, I want to accept Jesus into my heart. And that oh, was precious that was a precious moment so that was precious that, that was, was so a mom good. win that was a mom win that was a mom win that was a total mom win um i have mastered and i i don't know like this seems really sacrilegious to say after that because like that's that's not what mine was but i i have mastered <laughs> I've started leaving annually list of things to do while I'm at work and like it's not like extensive things it's basically like our concept of allowance and how that's working out but pretty much if she like does everything on the list she earns her money and mm-hmm. it's been bringing me so much joy and so much less stress because when I get home specifically on late nights like the floor has been vacuumed sometimes I leave her like a load of laundry to like put away like a little load of towels or their clothes usually um 
and she finishes like her stuff that she needs to finish. Mm-hmm. It, it's great. I'm like, this is this is what we needed to be doing all along. Everybody told Sweet. me eventually get that older kid. And I'm like, oh, we're kind of getting into, I know they're not like older, older. And we're definitely not like, you know, infringing on child labor laws or anything like that over here. But once they can get to like, oh, I'd like to do this and earn a little bit of money. And I'm like, hey, I will pay you. I will pay you to do that. Yes, I will. My mom, like whatever moment of last night, I had this. Do you remember in class? You do because we talked about this already. But at the end of the school year, they would, like, give you shaving cream on your desk in elementary school to, like, clean it off. Yes. Yeah. So my poor kitchen table is our large homeschool desk, and it looks like it. My parents are coming this weekend, and I was like, oh, we're going to have fun. We're going to have a fun little activity at a cancellation last night for Tella. So we're just going to get this. We're going to cover the whole kitchen table in shaving cream. I had the most hilarious video. I might, I might put it as a reel when we do that <laughs> talks about it's literally the difference between your first child and your second child. Austin is literally covered up to his elbows and eventually his hair. <laughs> it is precious. While Annalie is barely touching it. <laughs> was like, He's also like maniacally laughing as he does it. And I was like, this is literally the difference between your first child and your second. It is. It's fantastic. It truly is. So. That second one. They're here for it. They are here for it. He's also 100% in his. AJ told my mother in law, and we went to get our weekly ice cream. She's like, So I hear Austin's in his three phase. And I'm like, Oh, yes, yes, we're in the 100%. No, I'm not stage, which Jenna thinks is funny because she doesn't have a three year old anymore. But I am so tired of hearing. <laughs> I do have a very vocal five year old, though. You, you do. You do, for all fairness. But I think I think you still think Austin's cute and precious. So when you hear him do the I things, guess. you're like, oh, the baby. It, I do. I do. He has a special place in my heart, the little raptor. He is. He is the velociraptor. He is. Um, which hopefully we won't hear because I think I've, I think I've, you know. Um, what's the word? Not like quarantined. They're not sick. That's not what I mean. They're watching educational TV. Sequestered. I've sequestered them. Maybe they're over there. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Actually, I forgot to lock the door. This is not going to go well. So we got a request to talk about postpartum anxiety. And just thought that would be near and dear to both of our hearts. Near and dear to both of our hearts. I thought that would be a fun thing to kind of like jump into. And just kind of our little like disclaimer. Everything that we talk about today is, it's not meant to scare you. It's 100% meant to educate you and just kind of like, we know from research that education doesn't make things more likely to happen. It actually helps reduce the occurrences because people just know what to look for and they know what to be aware of, which is 100% what we're doing. But this is also not a replacement for like individual therapy or peer support groups or anything like that. And we will make sure that you have all the information to get that linked on either our Instagram when we release this episode or in, um, I guess we could do show notes. I'll make sure and leave this in the description that you can find. My, my favorite place to find this stuff is Postpartum Support International. You can always find, um, they have virtual peer support groups that are free and they have listings of therapists who specialize in 
postpartum and perinatal mood disorders, which is kind of the big overarching thing in your area, all across the United States and actually even the world. They have them internationally as well. So wherever you're listening from, if that's something that you mean, you can find stuff there because they are Postpartum Support International. Um, And I think their website is postpartum.net, but we'll make sure that we get that for you. But anyway, all the things. So we were not going to lose our voice. That's what we're not going to do. It was all going so well. Okay. All right. We're back. Now my children are screaming for me. (laughs) Oh, wait. No, they're calling for AJ. This is good. They're going dad, not mom. Okay. So we used to say, pardon, sorry, that perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, because that is the big category of, so let's break it back down. Do you know what perinatal means? Does that mean anything to you? Because it's a newer term. We haven't been talking about it very long. I couldn't say I could give a definition of that. See, that's what it, yeah. Mm-hmm. We used to always talk about postpartum depression. It was all every problem that you experienced after having a baby was postpartum depression mm-hmm. or something else. So now we're recognizing that you can actually start having symptoms of mental health things happening in the perinatal period, which is from conception through the one year after you have the baby. That encompasses that whole amount of time. So Interesting. Yes, Interesting. It's the perinatal period. And we have perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, or PMADs, are postpartum we call it perinatal or postpartum you will hear both interchangeably so perinatal mood and anxiety disorders encompasses perinatal and postpartum anxiety depression and psychosis also perinatal ocd which we're now understanding is kind of a whole different beast than perinatal anxiety. But today, for our purposes, we are just going to talk about perinatal or postpartum anxiety, which is a huge thing. So we are in an era that's really cool because we're finally recognizing that not all of this stuff is postpartum depression and there is treatment for it. And just because you're experiencing some of these symptoms, like you're not crazy, you're not a lost cause, there's actually even a bigger push now to recognize that there's a lot more medications that are actually safe if you need to go the medication route because that was something that people have been very afraid of for many, many, many years. Yes. That like there's absolutely no medications for anxiety or depression that you can take while you're pregnant, while you're breastfeeding. And that's that's not the case. They've actually found that there are many that are acceptable for you to continue doing. Um, you don't have to quit breastfeeding. You don't have to quit all of these things necessarily um, and that that will, we can get support around you. There's also very specific therapies for that. Um, that is what I have certification in is the perinatal mental health certification. So some background information. Let's chat about postpartum anxiety really quickly. This is near and dear to both of our hearts. So both of us with our first pregnancies, 100% had perinatal anxiety and mm-hmm. had no idea what it was. And y'all, this was in, when did we have our first babies? It was not in 1975. It was not in the 1800s. It was in 2016. And let's let's also recognize that we have we were both outpatient therapists at this point. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't think either of us were licensed, but we were really mm-hmm. close to licensure. We'd been working in mental health for like almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we were very experienced and like, oh, this is what anxiety and depression looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, the thing that we were still hearing about was postpartum depression. And it was like, oh, goodness, if anything seems slightly off after you have your baby, figure it out. Don't tell anybody. Don't mm-hmm. think about it too much or you're going to end up in the hospital and they're going to take your baby away from you. That was really the concept that I think both of us had. Mm-hmm. And that's that's terrifying yep. because that's not that's not the case at all. There there are severe situations, not usually with postpartum anxiety, but there are some severe situations where you do need to get a little bit of extra probably inpatient help. But that doesn't mean that they're going to take your kids away from you. And there, there's that's a whole separate thing. Mm-hmm. Anxiety spikes are very much related to hormone issues while we're pregnant. And then after we have a baby, we have massive hormone drops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we also have this cool situation. So there's a lot of environmental things that can make risk factors for postpartum anxiety. Um. Actually, for all perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Can you tell us in my soapbox? I'm just going to chat about this for an hour. Let me know or out of time because I'll just keep going. Literally, we are at a very vulnerable position in our lives. Both of us had gone through with our first babies extremely long labors mm-hmm. that ended in traumatic C-sections that were done on an emergency basis. <laughs> yep. It's actually funny because when this happened, we weren't like besties. We were acquaintances. <laughs> and at some point we compared birth stories and we were like, what happened to you too? That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Very similar. Very, very similar issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's not to say that all first labors are going to be like that or births in general. That's not to say that birth is a terrible thing. It's a scary mm-hmm. thing. Honestly, you've gone through this big, huge medical event. And this is probably one of the only big, huge medical events. If you have a C-section, it is the only time. I am convinced it is the only time that you will have a major surgery and then be expected not only to get up and walk within 12 hours, but take care of another person. There is no, like, put your feet up and just rest. There should be. We hope that you have support that can help you make that happen more often than not. But, like, you have a baby. Mm-hmm. It's all hands on deck. It's go time, boo. Like, we're mm-hmm. we're not just, like, sleeping all the time. Which leads me to my next thing. We're probably not sleeping well. After you have a hospital stay, that was probably, like, the worst sleep of your life. Because oh. let's be real. You're in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible sleep. Terrible sleep. Then you come home with a baby that's waking up pretty consistently every three to four hours, mm-hmm. maybe more, depending on what's going on. Um, so lack of sleep is a huge risk factor for any perinatal mood or anxiety, anything. Um, bro. Did I just drop you? You're still Mm-mm. there. Yeah, I'm still Good. here. Yes. We're struggling with all the technology over here i was trying to turn off the dinging thing and i accidentally turned off this instead um so risk factors are sleep sleep is the lack of sleep is the number one risk factor for pretty much any problem that you will have medical Mm -hmm. or otherwise but 100 percent for mental health stuff 
definitely for mental health stuff, we want our sleep to be on point. And when you have a newborn, it usually is not. And then also it's a huge life adjustment because you are not just caring for yourself anymore. You're not just living in your relationship anymore. You're not just going to your job anymore. You're not just going to Target anymore. You're doing all that with a baby and mm-hmm. figuring that whole situation out. So there's lots of things that can be triggers for this that are just environmental. Then we have the the drop in hormones because after you start after you have your baby, you ha- you automatically lose some of the hormones that were present with you while you were carrying your baby. But then it kind of just depends on your individual situation as to when you kind of continue to shed hormones over the next year. Um, I will say a number one, and well, let's say number two, a huge risk factor after lack of sleep for any of these things is if you cold turkey stop breastfeeding. We never want you to do that if there is a way that you can like slowly taper it off because that brings a huge hormone drop. Um, That, I don't know if you, did you, do you feel like you cold turkeyed? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. um, I would, I would venture to say yes, definitely with Coralie. Um, Okay. With Gray, I never... My milk never really came in. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so I didn't I, really I have a family either. But see, that second kid, that second kid out here to get us, Austin just was like, hey, I'm done. I'm done. He was almost <laughs> you and he was just done. And um, I definitely, oh, I definitely got all of those, those like depressive feelings. I was on the couch for a couple of days. Like I literally felt like my body weighed 50 like my arms weighed 50 pounds each. It was just, mm-hmm. it was such a weird, heavy, sad feeling. Um, and I did get, I did get through that, but that was from the hormone drop 100. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are huge, huge risk factors as well. So there's lots of things that can cause it. What does postpartum anxiety look like? You want to, you want to go for this one? What did it look like for you? Oh, <laughs> I think mine looked very different. Um, between the two pregnancies um i think a lot of mine was a lot of isolation um a lot of fear there was there was a lot of fear involved um i don't think for me there was a specific fear um but i was i mean i was just on edge i was on edge a lot um, and very probably reactive to different yeah. things. Um, you know, I have a lot of hindsight with situations that probably highly impacted that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think specifically for Gray, I, to some degree, isolated myself from him. Um yeah. So I would, I would say with that, with Coralie, I, there was just lots of panic. Yeah. Lots and lots of panic. Um, you know, it's, I think in my situation, it's very difficult to separate it because I was going through, I guess, such a traumatic event during her that it's hard to separate which one, <laughs> which came yeah. first, well, the chicken or the egg, <laughs> so to speak. Um 
But for her, I know that there was a lot of panic. Yes. Yes. There was, there was a lot. But I think with Gray, there was a lot of isolation. A lot of isolation, yeah, which can be a huge – I think that can be a huge thing for both. And one of the other things that you can look at is if you feel like you're not attaching to the baby, which is probably kind of some of that stuff that you felt with first baby mm-hmm. um, and then that intense panic too. Um, something that I've always noticed for myself because I always tend to postpartum anxiety – maybe a little bit more of the intrusive e-thought, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but one thing I just want people to know is that, number one, you're not going crazy, and it's not something that you will not get past, but you might need additional support. This might not be something that you can solve by reading a couple of books and listening to a couple of podcasts. I think it is a really good opportunity for you to get in and get some therapy and get like an additional mm-hmm. outside perspective on because that is like the number one thing that has been helpful for me. And I think one of the things that we both recognized, well, I was I was deep in the trenches of therapy by the time I had Austin. I don't think you were by the time you had Coralie. It was a little bit later for you. But when yeah. you go through, I, I know for me, it was a completely different experience walking through postpartum period without the support versus when I had it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also trended towards complete rabbit trail i've turned it towards postpartum anxiety after loss as well um so your body goes through the same when you have a miscarriage or a loss your body goes through the same hormone drop it might not be as extensive depending on where you were but you still were pregnant and now you're not so you're losing those hormones and you can experience some of the things same things depending on your case as well you may lose some sleep you may have some of the other like life adjustments to go through so it, it can continue to impact you. My number one thing that I always notice in myself is I start checking breathing. I was always very concerned with Annalie that she wasn't breathing. I was always very concerned with Austin that he wasn't breathing. After my losses, I it reverts back to the youngest kid. Um, so the loss, I have had a loss in between both kids and um, or after each child, I should say. So my loss in between the two, it reverted back to Annalie with us, the the loss we just had, it reverted back to Austin. And I found myself and I'm like, what am I doing? But I'm in here like checking to make sure they're breathing and they're they're big. Mm-hmm. They breathe. I know that they I've seen them move. I've seen them. <laughs> they're fine. Um, but that's always and that's a very, very common the checking and the like concerns about if their medical health, um, if they're safe, if mm-hmm. they are going to make it through the night um nighttime can be very scary for people sleep can be very scary for people um you can feel just kind of general panic like what you were saying you can feel very on edge so not really like for any reason but just kind of like almost like you drank a whole energy drink and should have run three miles but didn't just very (laughs) like jittery that's Mm -hmm. a huge common thing that people experience with anxiety another one that comes across and people are always super thrown off by this is and this tiptoes into several different things because i think you could see this and honestly these are not just anxiety symptoms you could see these and other things as well but that irritability irritability is often a sign of anxiety that we don't know because it doesn't sound anxious it sounds like what's going on with you mm-hmm. but irritability is a huge just like frustrated can't figure out why you're so ill at everybody to the point that you could get a little bit we talk about postpartum rage some Mm -hmm. you can be postpartum ragey and postpartum ragey isn't necessarily like you're dangerous and you're hurting everybody but 
Like mm-hmm. you were fine and now you're screaming and you don't even know why. Mm-hmm. Things, but we can like get stuff in place for you. So the number one thing that hurts this situation is your lack of sleep. So the number one thing you can do to kind of like start tiptoeing back out of it is sleep, which is very hard, which is something that it's very helpful to have a therapist strategize with you and figure out for you. Because like I can sit here and throw out sleep strategies for you all the live long day, but everybody has a different situation, a different work situation, a different partner, husband situation, whatever that's going on. So like it's very personalized to you and who you have who's available to support you but also I think the the next really important thing is the level of support that you have and that is both personal and professional we break that into two categories so your personal support network is your friends your family your coworkers, the people who will drop off a lasagna on your front porch and not expect to come in and hold the baby but if you ask them to they will Um, The people who will pick up your grocery order for you, the people who will come like wipe your bathroom counter off for you because you haven't slept in three days and now you're sleeping and they're like doing that for you. Those are your personal support people. And I really think we often confuse our personal support for the people that are going to come visit us once we get home Mm -hmm. and who want to hold the baby. And really what we want to see is the people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and get in there with us because putting on your eyeliner and putting on a shirt that doesn't have milk all over it and fixing your hair and sitting on the couch and acting like everything's fine is what often gets us into these situations where we're spiraling. Mm -hmm. What you need is the comfort level to be like, I know you want to see this baby and I know you want to talk to me, but I haven't slept well in a while the baby's asleep don't touch them <laughs> if you want to come please bring me a coffee and a cheeseburger and like can you help me do this task i've got this case of toilet paper i need to put up it doesn't have to be anything major and they don't have to really scrub your bathroom people are not always comfortable with that but i think we need to conceptualize what we look at. we need to change what support looks like and what we think <laughs> that support is Um, that was something that was really huge during the recent loss that we had. Second layer is your professional support. Uh, we used to, your postpartum appointment is usually at six weeks, which is too long. It's just too long. It's way too long because you're at the highest risk of experiencing the most distress from these things within two to three weeks after you have the baby. That does not mean that it cannot happen further out, but Mm -hmm. we need to be in place early. Um, you will notice that you're having issues, but the first thing is knowing where to go. The second thing is feeling comfortable enough to be honest with these people. So you might be depressed. You might be anxious. You might need to have an honest conversation. I don't know one woman who fills out that questionnaire and it's a good questionnaire. It's a good tool. I'm not, you know, knocking the tool, but I don't know one woman who fills that out honestly because they're scared they're going to get taken away. That's the mm-hmm. conceptualization that we've given people. Um, so being honest with your doctor that you might need some additional help, knowing that there are options that are safe for breastfeeding, if that's something that you need, um, knowing where to go for therapy, um, 
And I, I've changed the way that I'm doing this. I want to be telehealthing with people within two weeks, if not earlier, as soon as they're comfortable. And then I want them back in the office as soon as they feel like they can walk into my office. Um, or we can continue doing telehealth. Both of those are fine things. Mm-hmm. But making sure that you you have that support back in place before three months are over. Because like that, mm-hmm. that's, there's not enough time. There's not enough time. There, there's not. And going back to the, you know, survey um, that they give you, you know, in the office. I also think part of the issue with um, anxiety, you know, postpartum anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, is I think we have been made to believe that all of these things come with babies. So we're not necessarily recognizing, oh, these are mental health concerns. It's kind of it kind of goes back to the C-section. You're expected to walk 12 hours later and take care of a baby. This yep. is just part of what it is. You know, so I think some of these things get ignored by moms and they don't answer those questions because they're like, well, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's going to feel instead of actually identifying it as a problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the the thing is, like, we you will get information on both sides that's like, we shouldn't say motherhood is hard. It's a beautiful thing. Or, oh, motherhood is really hard. We should be talking about that. I posted mm-hmm. something very controversial on my personal feed last night that was talking about traumatic birth and how we like say your body is built for this until you mm-hmm. have a traumatic birth. And then we're like, oh, we don't <laughs> talk about that. And mm-hmm. I was like, waiting for it. Somebody's going to come after me with pitchfork. But honestly, <laughs> Whatever side of that you fall on, we have not been talking about women's mental health enough ever. And now is the time because mm-hmm. post-2020, we're all struggling. Mental health nationally, at least in the United States, is not doing great, friends. It's just mm-hmm. not doing great. No. So we're going to definitely see some more because we're still experiencing isolation, lack of services, a shortage of services. Um general rise in anxiety and depression just kind of like as a whole so of course we're going to see that in women who've just had babies the thing too and i think this is we'll we'll try and wrap it up because we could talk about this forever we could (laughs) yes after you've had a baby you're i think you're postpartum for the rest of your life honestly now the official end time for that is a year after you've had your baby so your first your first birthday baby's first birthday but you could be experiencing some of these things far past that. Mm-hmm. And just because you fa- don't fall within the normal cutoff, know that maybe you've got this thing going on and it's just lingered and that mm-hmm. is okay. So we might not technically call it postpartum anxiety or depression. You might not fall in the perinatal period. But if those are things that are still hanging on and they're still struggling with, you don't need to suffer in silence. That's not something that you have to carry by yourself because there are tons of options. There are these peer support groups that we're going to make sure that you're linked up with. There are um, as options and they're free. There's lots of local counseling that you can find and you We've done tons of episodes on this, but if you don't like your first therapist, you can try somebody else. You don't necessarily have to go into the office. You can find a telehealth situation that will work for you, whatever your comfort level is, mm-hmm. but you you don't have to suffer in silence. There are tools and things that we can put in place and there there's lots of good, again, lots of good strategies and things that we could give you that have worked for us, that have worked for others. But I think the number one thing is we want you to sleep. We want you to be supported and 
if that looks like finding a good therapist, we want you to feel okay with that because it's 2024 and y'all, it's time we do a little bit better about supporting mamas because it, it's, it is a journey. I'm not going to say it's hard. I'm not going to say it's a struggle. I'm not going to say any of those things. But on certain days, I think it's all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then it's wonderful. And it's exciting. And it's that, that's what our intro is. So yep. we, we want you to be supported through all of those things. And even when we're talking about tough things like postpartum, perinatal issues, and a very vulnerable period of life. P.S. Just in case, my my last little caveat, this doesn't apply to women who have just actually birthed a baby, Um, women who have adopted a baby, foster care mamas, women who have had like a surrogacy. You can still have those same hormonal things. You can still have a lot of the environmental risk factors where Mm -hmm. they're doing more research on it. But anxiety and depression doesn't discriminate. Not at all. So please, please don't be afraid to talk about what's going on. Reach out. Um, You can always message us on Instagram. We'd love to get you connected with like the resources that are available or the the place that can get you connected with the resources that are available in your area because like you don't have to like swim around in this like Mm -hmm. we did. No. Because it's a world difference. Don't do it. It lasts a lot longer. It does. It does. It does. And you can, I think, I think honestly, I'm just a really good example of this and what the difference between, and there are a whole lot of reasons, not that either loss situation was better or worse, but there are a whole lot of reasons that this one was very much struggle. And I don't think anybody expected me to be at the place that I'm at. And the only thing I can point to, the difference between the two is the level of support, the personal support we had and the professional support that I had in place and that I was able to literally say, I need this and then got it. Um, So you can ask for what you need. It's okay. I'm living for you. It's important important. So. Okay. I'm not finished with my coffee, but I probably need to go check and see if my kids are still stuck in the basket. So how was your tea? Best honey ever. It was delicious. It was delicious. I love a good breakfast tea with honey. And I use the honey that you got me and it's just fabulous. It's it's really good honey. Oh, there it goes again. Guys, follow us on Instagram. Share, share, like, let us know more of what you would like to hear about. We love it when we participate in our polls and let us know like what you're looking for because we'd love to do more episodes about that. We hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day and you've got this. Like reach out for the support. You don't have to be doing this alone. It was a good one. It was, it was. And you could go like, ooh, it's later than I thought it was. All right. You got this guys. Be good. See you next week. Bye.